This is a Federal News Network podcast. The USO has long been providing in-person help to troops and their families. Now it's doing the same thing virtually. The USO is offering to pair service members and spouses with career mentors online. The plan is to help transitioning troops and military spouses find jobs in the civilian world. Federal News Network Scott Massioni spoke with Sonny Alta Lee, Transitions Program Management Specialist at the USO, and with the USO Program Manager for the Military Families Team, Laura Zabriskie. It has been a really difficult time for the world, of course, dealing with this pandemic, but especially for the military spouse community, um, we are already used to things happening and plans changing last minute, but when you add a pandemic on top of our PCS moves, um, which I actually just PCS in the middle of a pandemic, um, and then the whole career angle of, you know, it's already hard enough when you move or even just to find work as a military spouse. But then when the pandemic hit, there were some really tough choices for military spouses to make if they were fortunate enough to be employed, um, especially when it came to online schooling um, and having to take care of their children. So while that affected the civilian population as well, I think it just really hit um, home for the military spouse community and making some difficult choices on top of our already kind of crazy military lifestyle that the pandemic just um, threw a big wretch in things. So you've created this new uh, partnership, which is the USO mentorship offering, and it's going to help military spouses with their professional lives. Can you tell me a little bit about how this might work? Basically, military spouses, um, they are welcome to be members of this online digital on-demand mentorship platform that was actually created by a veteran service member when he went through his transition. And he knew that other service members and military spouses needed that um, kind of in for to get connected to other industry experts um, to help them navigate their career journeys. Certainly transitioning service members need that help, but military spouses are always in transition. And so there wasn't really a great online on-demand platform out there. So the uh, co-founder, Daniel Rao, created this. And the USO, we really felt it was important to offer this mentorship platform, especially the digital platform. One, with COVID going on, we know the power of the digital community and keeping everyone connected. But also military spouses are all over the globe and we're constantly moving. We're constantly having to um, pick up and start over again. And we don't necessarily have built-in communities like our civilian counterparts do. And so having this mentorship um, platform available to military spouses where all they have to do is sign up. Um, You can go to uso.org backslash mentorship to sign up and get connected into over There are over 8,500 mentors available to speak to military spouses to help them navigate their career journey. And Sonny, uh, this also has to do with service members who are transitioning out of the the military. You know, could you talk a little bit about what they're going through as well when they're trying to find a job in the civilian world or just adjusting to the civilian world? This involves uh, service members at any part of their journey. So, you know, before you transition, I mean, when you're in the military, you have that community and, you know, the mission comes first and you're given direct orders and um, you, you just do. 
So then when you're going to transition out of the military, it's, it's a whole new world. You don't have anybody saying, well, this is, this is your mission or this is what you're supposed to do. So a lot of service members find themselves a little bit lost and they don't know anybody outside of that military community and they don't have any connections to kind of assist them to where they need to go, whether it's getting an education or pursuing a higher degree if they already have one or just to try to network with a professional or to get into a particular field. So um, this mentorship offering uh, provided by USO in, part in partnership with Veterati, it offers that. It offers that connection to um, to those mentors who are um, in professional places or can provide professional resources or a referral so that um, in turn, you know, these uh, these transitioning members or just in still in active duty um, are able to just talk to somebody and have somebody on their side and, you know, who um, may understand what they're going through because a lot of the mentors um, have been in the military or, you know, just just some some expert advice that they can use. So uh, when a service member or a spouse goes on to the mentorship offering, you know, you have a website that's created, uh, you know, what is offered to them? Do they get paired up with someone? You know, is this a way like a social network? You know, what exactly will they be experiencing once they start working with this? When a service member enters the USO mentorship platform, they are asked to contact their transition specialist. So uh, we have transition specialists at the USO that will be able to provide the service member with um, with maybe routes. So they'll have a, um, a get get centered interview with that service member, and they'll say, you know, hey, so what what do you what do you what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Or you know, <laughs> what are you interested in? Um, is it education or? Uh, is it, do you, do you want to maybe a career in the trades or you're an MP? Do you want to continue in uh, law enforcement? And, you know, a lot of the case, a lot of the cases, these military members don't want to stay in their, in their MOS. Uh, you know, they want to venture out. So, okay, you want to venture out. So have you thought about networking? Do you have a LinkedIn? Um, do you have a degree? If you have a degree, what, what, you know, what degree is it in? Um, and depending on their answers, well, let me refer you to this, or, or why don't you take this course? Or we're offering um, this certification for free. You know, how can we help? And then um, part of that is, do you have a mentor? Have you have you spoke to somebody? Because a lot of these uh, transitioning members are like, well, I don't know what I want to do. You know, that's why I'm, I'm asking you. So that's why the transition specialists are here to assist. And you know, this mentorship uh, offering is just. It's just another way of getting somebody connected to uh, a person that that has the answers or that is in that place where the service member wants to be. The way that the platform works is that for mentees, when they sign up, they do go to their LinkedIn, but they have to answer a quick kind of questionnaire profile of what it is that they're looking for, what their background is in, but what are they actually interested in. To Sunny's point, maybe they want a career change. Maybe they just got a certification that they want to use. For mentors, when they sign up for the platform, they offer what they have experience in or knowledge in that can help mentees. So maybe that's negotiating skills. Maybe that's um, they have higher education, that's um, a background in higher education that they can help them with. And so there's actually an algorithm that pairs the mentees to the mentors in terms of a list. So when a mentee is searching for mentors, there's a list provided to them based on the, how they answered the questions at the onset and based on the mentors available. The wonderful thing about Veterati is that 
you can go by that list and you can reach out to those mentors if any of them look um, interesting to you. Or you can actually, they have a keyword search that maybe you aren't interested in those mentors or maybe you think, you know what, I actually want to learn more about yoga. So you type in yoga, you're thinking about being a yoga instructor, and it pops up with mentors who have yoga listed or knowledge about yoga or maybe they have elemental meditation or something in their um, profile. Laura Zabriskie, Program Manager for Military Families at the USO, and Sonny Baba Alta Lee, the USO's Transitions Program Management Specialist, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rick Wade, Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Outreach at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Previously, Rick was a Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff to Secretary of Commerce Gary Locke. He worked closely with the Obama administration, and he also worked with Commerce's Economic Development Administration to foster regional economic development in distressed areas and with the Minority Business Development Agency to create jobs through the growth of minority-owned businesses. He received a BS from the University of South Carolina and an MPA from Harvard University. Rick, welcome and thanks so much for joining me. And thank you so much for having me. Look forward to the conversation. Rick, in today's environment, leaders have had to adapt and find new ways to lead with transparency and empathy. But can you tell us a bit about how you've adapted your leadership style? You know, this past year has clearly uh, presented some unique challenges that uh, certainly me uh, or I as a leader uh, have had to adapt. Uh, you think about a pandemic, for example, that has uh, placed us in probably one of the most challenging circumstances is sort of lead in a virtual world now. I've not been in my office uh, for nearly a year. And, and the idea that we don't have the human interaction uh, which I think is very important when you think about the empathy that is a, a very important value of leadership. So trying to lead from a virtual uh, environment chain and be empathetic and be sensitive to the needs of others has presented a terribly difficult challenge. One of the other defining uh, moments, I think, in our time uh, that has dictated uh, a change in leadership, if you will, uh, was the murder of George Floyd. I think it created a whole different consciousness uh, in America, and certainly within me, uh, about the importance of being empathetic uh, in, uh, in in the way I lead, to be inclusive, uh, to be uh, uh, to, to lead in a way uh, in which you're very sensitive to the impact of your decisions uh, on those on others uh, across our community. So it certainly has been a challenging year uh, to adapt, uh, but I'm happy to say that uh, I'm still here, and we're moving forward. Perfect. Throughout your career, what have been some pivotal moments or lessons learned that have shaped the leader that you are today? You know, there have been so many moments, Shane. I, you know, I grew up in rural South Carolina, uh, quite honestly, at a time when I, I mean, I saw what legal segregation was. I mean, I, I wasn't able to go to an integrated school until middle school, being bused across town. And I remember, as strangely as it may sound, uh, in 1979, I wanted to run for vice president of my student body at Lancaster High School, a liberal school. And I had to run on the ballot as vice president black, literally. And there was another candidate who ran as vice president white. 
And the irony of that story uh, is that the following year, I ran for president and I won overwhelmingly. That was a lesson for me in leadership. And, and the lesson there was, you know, perseverance, uh, have the tenacity, uh, have a vision and overcoming barriers. And, and I didn't let the idea uh, that the construct that I had to run as vice president uh, 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 deter me from reaching my bigger dream which was to represent students. So I know that's a, that, that perhaps may be a small example of leadership, but it really did define how I view myself, uh, the vision that I have, uh, my willingness to, to fight for change. And that was, that was the beginning. I think that set the foundation of how I lead. And there have been so many other moments. Uh, one of the most defining moments for me personally was uh, the, 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 the massacre at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina, a very close friend of mine, Senator Reverend Clemente Pinckney, who lost his life. And, and it, it conjured up, again, these issues of how deep the divide in terms of race in America is. And, but it also inspired me to lead even more and to lead harder and to lead with diligence and vigilance uh, to help close that divide. So there have been so many defining moments uh, uh, in my career. I, I will tell you, even uh, after the murder of George Floyd and my role at the U.S. Cha- Chamber of Commerce uh, to galvanize the business community, uh, inspired by that tragedy. And now we have a whole broad, historic sweeping, what we call equality of opportunity initiative that I'm leading, that I, that, that, that I was inspired to develop. And we're bringing together corporations from across America to address what we call equality of opportunity. So my point there, I think with all of these moments, they've all been pivotal moments at different parts of my life, my career, my journey. And I've seized those moments to make the best uh, of, of them, of, of what I could. That's fantastic. It's a great, great answer. Many stories. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, who is the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? You know, I, again, I, I can't say that I had, I had just one, but I would tell you the one person who, uh, who had, whose historical leadership has inspired me the most, and that is the leadership of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And there's so many attributes there that are consistent with my values, but the one, the one part of his leadership was vision. And I, I mean, the idea that you can have a dream which we often define and think of his big I have a dream speech. But I think that's a really important attribute of leadership, Shane, that you can sort of see beyond the challenges of today and see a better future for people and for yourself. So the, the idea that leaders have vision uh, despite the challenges is seeing a forest despite the trees. It's seeing an opportunity despite the barriers. And that, that attribute, I think, is one that, that I embody. I mean, I, I, I'm very optimistic, uh, despite the challenges, despite the circumstances. So the whole notion of vision uh, was a very important attribute that I, I learned and that I've tried to emulate from the leadership of Dr. King. Wow, fantastic. And as someone who's got an extensive background of federal service uh, and out of federal service, what advice would you give to feds looking to develop leadership skills. And, and you can talk about mid-career, senior career, early career. Um, what comes to mind there? Yeah, listen, I mean, you're aware that I had the, the, the fortunate opportunity. We didn't have a secretary of commerce when uh, President Obama, uh, of course, I served as one of his senior advisors, was inaugurated. 
And the president asked me to go to the Department of Commerce to hold the fort down. And that was one of the most exciting experiences in my entire career. Not just for the title and, and, the, and the wonderful experiences, but I understood the value of federal employees. And, and folks forget sometimes, Shane, that we political appointees, we come and go. But the folks who, who are grinding every day, who are at their desk, no matter rain, sleet, or snow, uh, who bring innovations, but yet don't, don't get the credit for it because the political appointees get all the credit. I think I learned something about the humility of, of being a leader. Uh, and and, and, and I, I, I built so many friends who were federal employees, not just at the manager level, but the frontline workers, the administrative assistants. And I was very deliberate. I mean, one of the things that I was most proud of, strangely enough, I was that guy, even though I was senior advisor to the Secretary of Commerce. And I, I, my office was on the floor, the top floor. We call it the blue carpet. Shane. But I made a deliberate point to go eat in the cafeteria every day, as many days as I could just to sit down and talk with employees. And I grew from that. And, and, and there were so many times where I took their ideas back to the blue carpet and said, and I told the secretary Locke, you got to go down and sit down and talk with regular common everyday folks. They're in the cafeteria, not in the dining room on the blue carpet. And so he started doing that. So the, the point is, I think for me, the advice that I would give is to continue to do the hard work. I do think that we should do a better job in government in providing the kind of admiration for those workers as we do the high level appointees. And, and that may be something that, uh, that I'm looking to work on myself uh, to help continue to advocate for our federal employees. Uh, they, they, those are the hard workers. That's where the work gets done. And, uh, and, 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 and so I think that's a lesson for me. If there was some advice and counsel I could give is to continue to do your work, but, but we have to do our work as leaders of these agencies to create ladders uh, of success and, and, and reward and admiration for the hard work that they do. Rick, thank you very much. You've inspired me. These are tremendous insights and stories. Uh, I love every single one of them. You've got a fascinating journey in leadership yourself. And thank you very much for sharing that with us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Thank you for listening to today's Lessons in Leadership podcast. And until we see you next time, take good care. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.